unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. And welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today, man? Nathan, I'm good. How are you? I am in a fantastic mood, and I'm excited about today's episode because it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. So I'm stoked to be on the mic with you today. Okay, let's go. Today's podcast is about a topic that's so important. We're going to quote from three old masters, even though this is not an old masters show. And the topic is making your copy believable. Two of the old masters right now in his book, Ogilvy on Advertising, David Ogilvy writes these words. Says James Young, one of the best copywriters in history, every advertiser has the same problem, to be believed. And it only makes sense when you think about it, because no matter how good your copy is, if people don't believe you, what good is it at all? So we're going to go a long way to solve that problem on today's show. After we tackle this one, copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, well, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. I want to jump in real quick before we start today's episode. This particular topic I feel is so important and so underestimated in its importance, especially nowadays, because our customer's BS meter is so high. We get these crazy claims all the time. The claims that would have worked in the 80s no longer work today, and people's People have been scammed and people are looking for reasons not to believe you. Trust in all of our institutions is is at an all-time low. And that also applies to your copywriting, to your marketing. And so people are reading your copy. They're watching your sales video and they're looking for reasons to say, oh, I knew it. This is a scam. And so we have an uphill battle that we've never had to face in copy right now that that's just it's something that we've never seen before and so i think that before we jump into it i just wanted to preface how important the things that we're going to be talking about in this episode are yeah i agree you're right this is this is the time of this maybe maybe skepticism is at an all-time high i mean it has been among different groups different slices of the population but here it's like It's like Chicken Man. Remember Chicken Man? He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Same thing about skepticism. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's let's continue with with the actual content. And and let's here's the third old master. We did a show on this topic about a year and a half ago as part of our old master series. And I'll do like a speed recap of the best of what we covered about believability from a chapter A.O. Owen wrote in an old copy book about 100 years ago. His tips were use exact numbers instead of around 150, use the actual amount, like for example, 154. 
if that's what the number is, to use actual names of streets, cities, states, and provinces, and people's names. The example Owen gave was, it is more believable to say styles now reigning from Rue de la Paix, Paris, to Fifth Avenue, New York, than to say styles now reigning from the fashion centers of Europe to those of America. His third tip was what today we call the damaging admission. Basically, admit you're not perfect. In a sales letter by Million Dollar Mike Morgan that brought in over $10 million in sales, one line that's a great example of this damaging admission was in the voice of the finance guru he was writing for, and it went like this. No one has a crystal ball to predict the future, not even me. And fourth from this podcast was to mention motivation. And this is the reason why. It could be your reason for doing something or the self-interested, almost said self-inflected, the self-interested reason your prospects should respond. And here's an example of self-interested reasons from a successful promotion I wrote years ago, decades ago, for Mendelssohn Auto Body Inc. in San Ramon, California. Here's a special offer to keep your car looking new. Plus, you get a free gift to protect your car all summer long. So those four tips from A.O. A. O. Owen, that's hard to say, A.O. Owen, with a couple of modern examples, are as valid in 2023 as they were 100 years ago. But let's move on to what we're going to talk about today. It's brand new, and yet the advice is eternal. I pulled most of what we're going to talk about from a new book I'm writing, which I'll tell you more about in a month or two when I should be ready to publish. For today, we've got four things you want to avoid. And by taking action, which is simple, to avoid them, you will increase the believability of your copy dramatically. To set this all up, let's start with some good copy that on the whole sounds believable. It's for a bonus, an imaginary bonus, for a home study course, a hypothetical home study course called Guitarist on Steroids. <laughs> I created this copy, but just to be clear, the product, the bonus, did not create, don't exist, as far as I know. Just the copy. The product would be for all long-suffering guitarists like myself. Okay, here's the copy for the bonus. One more thing. Besides vastly improving your chops and making yourself a top pick when anyone with a band is looking for a great guitar player, you will also learn our secret method for being able to play any song within half an hour after you hear it. You've probably heard of musicians who can do this, and maybe you assumed it was something you were born with or would never have otherwise. Well, we figured out a way to create the ear-mind-muscle connection that has worked for everyone who's taken the five simple steps that we recommend. Suddenly, people assume those people are musical geniuses, but it's their secret that they are simply students of guitarist on steroids. Okay, that's pretty believable. Let's go through some quick analysis. So to start, if you're a guitar player, you know this is desirable. Learning new songs can be a real drag. Knowing you could do this in 30 minutes might be enough by itself to close a sale on this hypothetical course. And while, you know, the story about the bonus does push the limits of believability, it bends them but does not break them. It does 
doesn't go over the line. The results sound a little magical, sure, but then we step in with a mechanism, a process to get the skill. It sounds systematic and plausible, five steps. Plus, we say we've cracked the code on the ear-mind-muscle connection. Hmm, the prospect thinks, I'm not sure if this is real, but it could be true. Okay. So you said you don't want to make any comments, do you anyway? <laughs> I do. I What I like about this is, again, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, we've heard all of these promises before. We've heard, you can do this, and we can help you do this, and just give me your money, and I'll make you this type of superstar. And we've bought the products, and we've been burnt. But what you did in this example was you said, Hey, here's why this time it's the truth. You've been scammed before you've bought in courses on guitar and you still can't play it, but it's because they didn't have the mind finger connection or, or whatever the example was. And right. we've got that we've cracked the code on this particular thing. And now it's possible. So giving people a reason, we understand that you've heard this promise before and it, fell short. Here's why it's not going to fall short this time. I think you did an excellent example there. Well, thank you. Now let's go in the wrong direction. I'm going to take the same copy and I'm going to show you four ways to ruin the believability. Okay. <laughs> the first way is inconsistency. Now listen closely compared to what we started with. The change is small, but it's vitally important. Here we go. One more thing besides vastly improving your chops and making yourself a top pick when anyone with a band is looking for a great guitar player, you will also learn our secret method for being able to play any song within half an hour after you hear it. You've probably heard of musicians who can do this and you assumed it was something you were born with or you would never have it. Well, we figure out a way to create the ear mind muscle connection that has worked for everyone who's taken the five simple steps we recommend. Here's where it goes sideways. Suddenly people see them instantly learn new tunes. The second they hear it, people assume they are music geniuses, but it's their secret that they are simply students of guitarists on steroids. Did you catch the change? If you're tuned in to noticing tiny differences, the change I made was as irritating to you as it sound as fingernails scraping on a blackboard. But if you're like many people, it might not bug you that much. You might not even know what was changed, or you might simply have a feeling that something's not right, or you might not have even noticed anything except, except, except when it comes time to press the order button, you just can't get yourself to pull out the credit card. You're not sure why, but your doubt is jangling around in your head like an out-of-tune guitar string. Okay, here's what's going on. In the second paragraph, we said, you will learn our secret method for being able to play any song within half an hour after you hear it. But in the third paragraph, we said, suddenly people see them instantly learn new tunes the second they hear it. The problem is within half an hour is not the same thing as instantly. It's close compared to the hours, even days. It takes some musicians to learn a new tune, but it's not the same. So this minor inconsistency could ruin your chances of a successful persuasion effort. Beware of inconsistencies in your stories. Now, inconsistency in other ways is something you must guard against. Remember, people read your copy defensively. And the more they want what you have, the more defensive they are. For the reasons Nathan was talking about, we've been burned. So if you spell the name Jane, J-A-N-E, in one paragraph, 
and then you spell it J-A-Y-N-E later on, you're opening up a little cloud of doubt in the mind of your reader. It doesn't seem like much, but not staying consistent on how you spell names, places, times, and dates just chips away at your believability. Keep things consistent and avoid this problem. One other tip on that, I see a lot of business owners do piecemeal copy. They have one guy writing their emails, they have a girl writing their landing pages, and then they have somebody else writing. And the, the tiny inconsistencies between the email to the landing page to the sales page will trigger those red flags, even if it's just subconsciously. So yeah, not just the way things are spelled, but even just consistency and tone is very important. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. You're absolutely right. Hey, let me ask you something. How would you like a complete copywriting course packed into a $10 Kindle book? Yeah? Then let me invite you to try Breakthrough Copywriting. It's only $10 and it's available now on Amazon as a Kindle. Breakthrough Copywriting was originally a $5,000 live seminar I held in Las Vegas. People flew in from all over the world to attend Breakthrough Copywriting. This Kindle book by the same name is a complete version of my four presentations at the seminar. If you would like to dig into copywriting basics or refresh the knowledge you already have, then you'll really like Breakthrough Copywriting. A-listers like John Carlton, Joe Sugarman, and Bob Bly give this book an A+, and you can read the reviews right on the Amazon site. This episode of the Copywriters Podcast is sponsored by Breakthrough Copywriting. Check this book out at Amazon.com today. And now, back to the Copywriters Podcast program, already in progress. Okay, let's get to our second believability destroyer, vagueness. So here is a revised version of what was pretty good copy before. One more thing. Besides vastly improving your chops and making yourself a top pick when anyone with a band is looking for a great guitar player, you will also learn our secret method for doing something you thought only the most talented guitarists can do. You've probably heard of musicians who can do this, and you assumed it was something you were born with, or you would never have it. Well, we figured out a way so anyone can do it. People assume they are music geniuses, but it's their secret that they are simply students of guitarists on steroids. Okay, in a misguided attempt to be tantalizing, someone who writes a story like that saps the story of all its power. A prospect who's serious about getting better will typically have this one-word reaction. What? Which is shorthand for at least three questions. What is this cool thing I'm going to learn? How am I going to learn it? What will it do for me? The story doesn't have answers to any of these questions. It doesn't mention the skill of learning a new tune in half an hour. It doesn't talk about how to learn the skill. It doesn't mention how the course creators developed the method to learn the skill using the ear-mind-muscle connection. Instead, it has vagueness. The vagueness of this story makes it impossible to answer any of those questions. And there goes every ounce of the story's persuasive power. Boof. Of course, Vagueness almost anywhere else in your copy also chips away at your believability. Anything on vagueness? Yeah, I think I think it was you actually that taught me this. A lot of times when we're being vague, especially in our call to action, we're asking our prospect or our, our reader to step into a dark room. 
They don't know if there's going to be Legos to step on, a couch to stub their toe on. We're just saying, hey, there's a room and I want you to walk into it. And we need to turn the light on and show them where the couch is at, show them where the Legos are at, and show them the, the direct path to the refrigerator so they can get their snack. We need to illuminate the path to what it is that they want and how they're going to get there. And yeah, a lot of copywriters, they just say, hey, step into this dark room and trust me, there's a snack in there for you. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't the one who told you that because I've never heard that before, but I love it. That's really good. And then, thanks for sharing it. I'll remember it. Okay, let's go to our third believability destroyer, which is exaggeration. In this case, we've taken the description of our bonus way over the top. One more thing. Besides vastly improving your chops and making yourself a top pick when anyone with a band is looking for a great guitar player, you will have our secret method for being able to play any song within half an hour after you hear it, which will always make you the first call for any gig. You've probably heard of musicians who can do this, and you assumed it was something you were born with or would never have. Well, we've figured out a way to create the ear-mind-muscle connection that has worked for everyone who's taken the five simple steps we recommend. Instantly, you become a virtuoso. Your reputation will spread far and wide. Suddenly, people will assume you are a music genius. It's your secret that you are simply a student of guitarist on steroids. No, bands and music producers, well, you've been there, Nathan, you know this. They have lots of reason for choosing one guitarist or one engineer or one anything over another. And it's rare that the only reason they would pick someone is because they can learn songs quickly. And in fact, from everything I've read, a lot of it has to do with how well you can get along with other people as well as your technical skill. But sure, being able to learn a song could be an important factor, but other things are at play. Like what I mentioned, each situation is unique. It's foolhardy to assume that quick learning alone will put a guitarist at the front of the line every time. Also, there's no guarantee that having a new skill will make you seen as a virtuoso nor that your reputation will spread far and wide. It's tempting to exaggerate past the point of what's real, but it's a serious mistake for reasons we've both mentioned already. People generally know that anything that sounds too good to be true is neither good nor true. And exaggeration is a big temptation in copywriting, and sometimes we do push the point a little, but you don't want to go so far over the top that people just don't believe you. Be careful with this one. Mm -hmm. I also think a lot of times the reason that copywriters do this is because they're like, well, if I don't sell it this hard, I might miss out on a bunch of sales. But if you do sell it that hard and you're making promises you can't keep, you might end up making a bunch of sales that turn into chargebacks and refund requests and makes your life just miserable. So avoid, <laughs> avoid that just by being honest in the first place. Yeah, you be enthusiastic without exaggerating. Mm -hmm. Okay, fourth way, being non-conversational. Uh, this problem is my favorite one to make fun of. It's taking a perfectly good idea and making it almost incomprehensible by describing it in language people don't use when they're having a normal human conversation with each other. So here we go again for the same bonus. I would like to make an additional point. We have already discussed how this instructional program will give you a favorable competitive position and improve your overall playing ability. 
one capability you will acquire in addition to rapid learning of the guitar part for new compositions. The learning period will be 30 minutes. It is generally known that some other guitarists have this capability. The conventional wisdom is only those who have an inborn ability to do so can expect this for themselves. Through long-term development technology, we will provide you with a way that all test subjects have succeeded with when they faithfully follow the five recommended tiers of development. The response from others is that these guitars are music geniuses. But in actuality, the reason for their new capability is that they are attentive and diligent students of the Guitarist on Steroids program. So even if you could have been following this all the way through, chances are good you would not be convinced. You might have found it too much work to even understand mm -hmm. what I was trying to tell you. You could decipher it, but that takes a lot of mental work and energy. So the problem here is not the content of what I was writing, but the style. It was written in an awkward academic corporate mishmash of big words and bloated cliches. Again, people don't really talk this way. And when you tell a story in a way that people don't talk, you have robbed your story of its persuasive power. Same thing throughout your copy, whether it's in a headline, lead, bullet points, or anywhere else. I'm going to ask you a question because this is something that I run into with my clients all the time. When I look at their emails, when I look at their sales pages, this is probably the number one culprit. This, uh, I got to impress them and make myself sound smart and use all these $10 words. And my solution usually is just to ask them, Hey, if you're, if your best friend, you saw something and you're like, dude, I got to get a hold of my best friend and let him know about this. Cause it's the perfect thing for him. Is this the way that you would write an email to him or a Facebook message to him? They always say no, but I want to I want to pick your brain. What is it that causes so many, especially business owners or newbie copy newbie copywriters, to write in this just overdone "look at how smart I am" type of writing? Uh, I think Aretha Franklin had the answer to that. It's one word: to respect. They think that they will be respected if they use a lot of big words and fancy phraseology, and they're afraid that if they talk like a normal human being, they won't seem elevated, so they won't be respected. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you know, to me, it's pretty binary. It's like you're at this fork in the road, and you got to say, if you go this way, you get applause and awards and status if you go this way you get connection and sales mm. which one do you want yeah okay that makes perfect sense okay thanks so to wrap this up i've got a fifth way that's a little different than the other four it's about making sense or not making sense as the great writer mark twain put it it's no wonder that truth is stranger than fiction fiction has to make sense yeah, real life doesn't always make sense. Fiction may contain some of the messiness of life, but overall it needs to make sense for the reader to enjoy it and accept it. And for our purposes, when Twain says fiction has to make sense, what he means is fiction needs to be believable. Believability. Novelists, screenwriters, directors, actors, all strive for it, knowing full well that their stories are essentially untrue. For believability is what helps you, 
the audience person slip into what British poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge so aptly called the willing suspension of disbelief. Truth, truth comes from starting with the facts and not abandoning them when you tell your story, but rather building on them. Getting facts requires digging. It's worth noting that a number of best-selling fiction authors started their careers as journalists. Ernest Hemingway, Joan Didion, Michael Connolly, Anna Quinlan, Susan Sontag, and of course, Mark Twain. The stories that journalists write have to begin with facts. Learning to find and include facts is what they, in what they write is a major skill they learn and a significant factor in making them true as well as believable. And this is something a copywriter should learn as well. And before I just summarize what those five things are, any, anything about that? No, I just do find it interesting. There's so many conflicting things between journalism and copywriting, but then there's also so many overlaps as well. So uh, it's a don't throw the baby out with the bathwater type thing. <laughs> it is. It's, it's ironic in that way. So the five ways are consistency, being specific instead of vague, resisting the urge to over exaggerate, writing the way people talk, and making sure what you write makes sense. I actually, I have one question for you before we're out of here, David. Yeah, okay. The consistency versus the vague, or the vagueness and being specific thing that you mentioned earlier, I've noticed when we price something, if we price it with a specific number, if we price it like $200, people are like, why does it cost $200? But if we price it $198.47, a lot of times they think to themselves, there must have been some thought as to why they came up with that exact number and it must actually be worth that exact number. So in that aspect, the not being vague has always been good. I've noticed recently on YouTube ads, the ones done by the AI voice reading the copy get your solar panels or get this new supplement. A lot of times they'll have the, they'll try this tactic of so far 4,325 people have used this successfully. And it always makes me feel like they just made the number up because I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is the eighth time I've heard this video and I've heard the exact same number every single time. And I have no proof that that number is real. And it just sounds like you made that number up, even though it's a very specific number. So I wanted to get your take on sometimes these things, if not used properly, can backfire. They can actually lose the trust of somebody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're specific, but you're setting yourself up in a way, if there's like a moving parade, a rolling number, and it, it you know, I mean, perfect example. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it would be better to say every day we get between 45 and 98 people, new people. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it, it's like you, you have to think what's going to look fraudulent. I mean, they have a, you know, a specificity as well as a consistency problem that is making them look very suspect. Yeah. So that's kind of a common sense thing, right? <laughs> you would think so, but <laughs> if the ads that I've seen recently have proven, it's not quite a common sense thing. Well, if you only see the ad once or if you don't have a good memory for that, it's probably not going to hurt. But I agree with you. It's a, it's a foolish way to do it. 
Yeah. So all of these are great tips, but also use them consciously. Don't just think that it's a, this will always work no matter how you use it. Yeah. Good point. Really good point. Yeah. All right, David, anything else before we're out of here? No, I'll tell you more about the book later. That's all. Okay. I'm excited to hear about this book and I'm lucky because I get to hear about it a month before the listeners, since we record the episodes in advance. So I'll, I'll be using your tips and tricks a full month before anybody else does. And if you want to be at the cutting edge, you want to be notified right away as soon as it's publicly available, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. Head on over to copywriterspodcast.com and catch more episodes, like the show, and subscribe to it while you're there. And until next time, man, we will catch you later. We'll catch you later. Hey, did you enjoy today's show? Want to help get it into the ears of more listeners? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.